party started and let's see here okay we are now live good afternoon everyone thank you for joining us today in this wonderful location as you can see from that beautiful sign behind me i'm in very nice and pleasant san dimas california at golden eagle these people my goodness they're like family to me and helped me tremendously with all my excursions of going fast reliably so thank you so much for joining me here on instagram live hello h class we're seeing you Greetings, Erin. And for those of you on YouTube, thank you for joining us this afternoon. I use this opportunity every Tuesday at noon, 3 p.m. Pacific, I mean 3 p.m. Eastern, to answer questions from all around the globe, technical and whatnot. And for those of you listening on iTunes, Anchor Radio, even Radio Public, thank you for joining us as you do your daily activities. Hello, Akmal. Good seeing you as well. Wagner, thumb up to you. EGS Tuning, thank you for joining us this afternoon. And thank you, thank you so much. As you see, these guys are wonderful and you know I have a great story about my friend from Gonigo. Years ago when I used to do tons of drag racing with my CRX, I had an opportunity to drive my carbureted F22A front wheel drive drag car. Full unibody, factory windshield, but I couldn't for the life of me break into nines. I was stuck at 10-0, 10-1. And the reason for that was because I couldn't seal my block very well. No matter what I did with my F22A, the sealing would do okay on the dyno, but once I put any effort on the track, my gasket seal will go away. I met the guys from Gonigo. I was convinced to go there. And I reluctantly did it. Hey, break time. But not break time for me. Jackpot. <laughs> Jackpot. Um, and reluctantly, I came here. But then, you know what happened after they did my first leaving for me? I sealed impeccably well. Went to Orlando Speedway. And my first pass off the trailer, 9-9. I was so excited. My first time ever running nines, thanks to these guys. Hello, John. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> yes, rest in peace, Ted. Yes, we miss him very much. We really do. Um, but nonetheless, guys, thank you so much for joining me this afternoon. And, and thank you so much for the team here at Golden Eagle for being such gracious hosts and allowing me to exceed my expectations for liability and power in the Porsche, Honda, and Hyundai world. So thank you so much. Salud out to you as well, Richard. Good seeing you as well. And today, I have Heidi with me who will be helping me with questions. So Heidi, come and say hi then. There she is right there. There she is. So she'll be helping some of the questions you guys submitted today. Um, thoughts on the camless valve train? I think it's fantastic. John, to answer that question, Renault did a lot of research in that camless valve train. Our friends from FC have done a great job with that as well. And you know the beauty of that? It allows for an infinite amount of camshaft configurations. You don't even need a throttle body. You can literally actuate each valve individually and have a clean pathway for intake design, have a wider torque curve, the only thing is a little bit complicated, but it's wonderful in terms of efficiency, power, and with today's technology, reliability. So I like it a lot. It's something I haven't played with firsthand, but I can't wait to get my hands on it indeed, you know? Hello, Marque from Chile. Thank you for joining us this afternoon. I really appreciate that. I'm here at Golden Eagle, and they do more than sleeving, by the way. As you can see behind me, there's a variety of intake manifolds, sleeves, Dr. Iron, exact. Look at this. This is for one of the Porsches I'm playing around with. Hello, Logan from Orange County. Thank you for joining us as well. Dr. Iron sleeves and has the appropriate amount of expansion so it doesn't interfere or warp my deck with the aluminum housing for all of my M96 and M97 engines. Saul, good to see you. How are you? Thank you for joining us this afternoon on Tech Tuesday. I'm here at GoNego. You need to use them for your machining needs. These guys are really, really, really good. And we'll get into some other items as well as we continue. So, Hedy, what questions do we have that came in? I think we had a few that came in this morning. What's the first one we have so Good. far? Nino 
closer because people were complaining they couldn't hear me last okay, week. Okay, no worries. Um, Alabama Jimmy Jam. Alabama Jimmy Jam. Because I love it. I love this car, which is the car you posted on your on your uh, Instagram. Okay. But he said, "What's the word on that Mercedes?" Ah, so he's asking about the Mercedes 190E. So that's next year's project. My guys here from Gonnie don't even know what I have in mind, but my goal is to build a proper throwback to the older, how should I say, touring vehicles of the 90s and the 80s, which I loved. I grew up watching those cars race in the 90s, so I want to kind of bring that whole feel back, but with a modern twist. So I plan on doing a proper race car, track car with that, some very interesting suspension components as well, but it will be boosted. I'm kind of torn on what engine to use. Should I do something new with the multi-cylinder AMG setup? Or should I do something with the M104 engine and create a slew of products for that? So, the latter may be the case, but it's still up in the air. So thanks for asking that question. I also saw a question come in uh, a moment ago about the best engine swap to do on a first-generation CRX. Now, it depends how easy you want it. If you want something that's very straightforward, it can bolt in and give you tons of power, more than the, more than the EW1 engine, by all means, you can do a D16A1, which is a twin cam, 1.6 liter out of the first-gen Acura Integra. Very nice power plant, some decent aftermarket support, flows much nicely, twin cam, so you have individual cam control, and you can do, play around with lobe separation, something you can do with the D16 single cams, and it bolts in. The mounts and everything bolts right in with the gearbox. It's a very straightforward swap. If you want to have a little bit of pain, but a lot more power, K-Swap. That's the way to go because it gives you a lot of bang for buck in terms of power. Hello, composite bodies. Good seeing you. Greetings as well, HPR. Thank you so much. You know, um, Intellect Soap says he's ordered a set of Ares pistons um, and the builder doesn't measure piston. Oh, he should. Oh, come on. Well, those pistons may be damaged. We have a great partner in Trom. I'm really, you know, kind of crazy right now, but I'd be more than help, happy to help you a little bit. Write to us at lab at bcmo.com and maybe I can get a, a proper replacement piston set for you. I'm so sorry that you guys didn't measure that. That's so naughty of him, you know? Um, so, um, Big Tim is asking that he loves the show. Thank you so much. Uh, did my Honda shuttle wagon have the low range and was it all-wheel drive? No, it did not. It was a, the one I built years ago was a front-wheel drive um, D-series based power plant and it didn't have a low range or all-wheel drive assembly. It was front-wheel drive, two-wheel drive only. Hello, Russ. Good seeing you. Thank you so much. Much exaggerated. Appreciate the kind word. D16 Y8 Auto is the best. I like the Y8 head, but the bottom end I'm not a big fan of. I love the A6 and the Z6 because of their oil capability. Hello, CSS. Good to see you. Thanks for joining us. Absolutely. I love Trom. Trom is awesome. It's not good. It's awesome stuff. That's why I use and all my stuff. And even these blocks that Gunning was sleeping for me, Trom piss is what I'm using by all means, you know? Um... My pleasure. Thank you so much, Intellect. A powerful NAM96. Yes, we're playing one right now. Absolutely. And as a matter of fact, this is the sleeve that we're using on that engine. So I'm pretty excited to do that, to be able to share that with you. Um, thank you so much. I haven't thought about doing anything with Datsun Z yet, only because I don't have a relationship yet with our friends from Nissan. But when that happens, I'll be more than happy to. As I mentioned earlier, as we do R&D with manufacturers, especially with brands that we're not very comfortable with, it's always a good blessing to have a partnership with OEM because we can use some of their support to develop products for newer 
and classic platforms. So it makes things much easier for us, which is very pleasant, you know? Um, Honda Fit, yes, Timber, my goodness. The current model Fit, we built two for Honda in 2015, a 400 horsepower turbocharged one and a mild track version, like a club racer style. We did two for Honda. So we've done quite a few fits and then we've had customers come in with K24 swaps and we tuned them and flashed them using K-Tuner. So we've done quite a bit. It's been absolutely spectacular. Very fantastic indeed, you know? Oh, so I see someone says here, Mechanic loves the pure oil. He learned something new from me. Thanks again, my pleasure. I love pure oil as well. As a matter of fact, one of the popular ones even here at Gonigo that they stock is the braking oil. And this allows for excellent interaction between the rings to allow for proper seal. Great protection also for the bearings. And for those of you with VTEC or Vario Cam assemblies, the high zinc formula in this protects the valve train impeccably well. And there are two versions, the SA30 and SA40, depending. So Hedy just put one up in case you have questions later on. I have them on sale now too, and GoNeagle carries them too. So by all means, give them a call, and they'll be more than happy to help you out, you know? Today, Colin, I drove a 2017 Hyundai Ioniq Hybrid to work. That's what I drove today, so thanks for asking. Hedy's giving me that look that Ari usually gives me. Um, oh. Let's see, FR Fraud says he uses Pure on his Type S and he loves it. So I'm Yay. sure those guys love it and Hades happy as well. Hey, Shell, good afternoon. Thanks for joining us indeed. Hello to you as well, 211 Performance. Thank you so much. Greetings, Barad. Okay, so Hades, what other question do we have so far? DTRA, DT Racer. Oh, Alfie, S. that's Alfie, that's Alfie. Okay, let's see, what question does Alfie have? It says, brake caliper swaps for street applications. Okay. Have you used other make caliper applications uh, and projects that you've built? If so, what brake calipers do you prefer to use and which swaps have been the easiest to make functional? So a lot of people, he's asking about brake swaps amongst performance vehicles and most people do swaps. Like you see people with old school VWs putting Porsche brakes on. I've seen some Porsche people. I've done it myself on my Blue 911. The older air-cooled brakes were kind of weak, so I grabbed newer Carrera S brakes and swapped over, so I've done that. But typically, I'm a huge advocate of using proper design brakes for aftermarket. So you see me use partners like, like Tyrox, I'll play one with StopTech, some Wheelwood stuff. So things Buddy that are Club. properly, Buddy Club is one I've used tremendously, thank you so much. Buddy Club is one I've used tremendously on a lot of my Hyundai and Honda projects as well. So I'm a huge advocate of using purpose design brakes for that. But in the swaps, I've only done career ones. I just feel when something's properly designed for an application, it works best. Opposed to using another factory application that was designed for a low horsepower, low speed car on a car that's a little bit more powerful than factory. So, Alfie, that's a great question. I hope that helps, you know? Robert says, my question got lost in comments. The 2JZGE, wow, that's the NA setup. How, how to reach 500 horsepower and can the standard transmission take the extra power? We started to see some failures north of 400 with the 2JZ GE gearbox. And you know that GE has an intake manifold that goes across the valve cover? The bottom end is very similar to GTE, so you can make big power the bottom end. The head has a little bit of restriction, the intake has a little bit of restriction as well, but you can definitely do that by all means. You can totally do that by all means. So, yes, it can be done. The gearbox, most people either reinforce it and our partners at Drift Motion can help, or, you can swap over to a six-speed from the GTE without qualms. So I hope that helps. Eh? Um, do I plan on doing anything for Lantra Sport Engines, the 1.6 GD? No, I don't at this time. We've been doing some other things with Hyundai recently, which is pretty interesting. But I don't have the capability or, 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 time, or desire this time 
to be able to make something of that nature. So I don't have any plans for that yet. Why the MK6? What's up with SEMA this year? Wow, it's so appropriate you asked that and Sam is here. So Sam is one of my good friends, helps us with a ton of fabrication, very creative guy, fantastic. And he's helping us in addition to Marvin and Andy and the whole team putting our hands together, Sean. And we have five cars open together. We're building a very crazy Hot Wheels project, which is kicking our butt. We're building two Porsches center seats. We're doing something with Hyundai on the race engine program and the Wago van. So five projects, 50 or so days left, not a lot of time, but we are cracking at it. As a matter of fact, I'm not even open to the public because the team and I are killing ourselves to get these cars ready, which is pretty interesting. So Sam, thanks for your contribution. And guys, thanks so much for your love, all the love you guys give us. So I appreciate that, you know? Um, who do you recommend to do a case swap on an EM1? He's going to buy what shop or technician? And this is fraud. Now, it depends where you are, fraud. If you're in Southern California, we have a good partner in Pirate Auto. So, Duran is a great guy. He'll be more than happy to help you to swap. And he's very meticulous. Attention to detail is extremely important to him. So, he can definitely take care of you. How are we doing questions so far, Hedy? Uh, Fox Design, etc. Fox Design, I think he's here actually. Said, what percent of, of Wagon V2 build is completed? Decided on exterior color. FYI, 15 more days, project no sleep. <laughs> yeah, he just, he just said my point. Yeah, we have about 50 days and he's asking, Fox Design is asking, how far along are we with the wagon? So, as of today, this right here is the intake manifold for the wagon. A pretty big throttle body right there. Ton of ports, another port right here for the vacuum assembly for the brake booster. Multiple ports for everything from boost control solenoid to my map sensor, to a um, fuel pressure regulator source, you name it. Um, I'm doing a center exit and you can see there's a Gold Eagle manifold. We're having a lot of fun here. So this is where we stand with the intake. So things will come along very nicely. In addition to that, as of today, physically with the chassis, a proper cage is going in. So all the mock-up is done, I would say on the turbo side, yes, it's gonna be boosted. On the turbo side, the entire hot side is completed. Intercoolers mounted. I cannot do the cold side until the manifold is done here, which should be any day now. I will have a full, yes, a little bit more than the last one, six-point NHRA cage in it, which is pretty exciting. So thank you so much, Fox Design. For that question, we're on track a little bit with that. I'm hoping it stays that way. Gigs93 says, hi, BC. Much love from South Africa. Thank you so much for joining us. Watch an old vid with me and the 700 horsepower shuttle. And I'm building another one by all means. Uh, I was rocking the frosted tips. Yeah, I had a frosted tips there. I don't have that now. My hair's all shaving down now. But yeah, I had a little crazy frosted tips at the time. But we are building another wagon, a version two, as Fox Design just mentioned. Bigger, better, faster. Hello, I done good from across the pond in the UK. Oh, another UK card, car and mechanical. Thank you for joining us all the way from the UK as well. Let's see, Jolt says, does the Acura C35 and J35 share the same transmission, both pattern? No, they do not. C-Series and the J-Series are a little bit different. If you're gonna combine those engines, you'll need an adapter plate and a custom flywheel or something along those lines. So we don't have that yet. Hello, CY from Malaysia. Thank you for joining us, appreciate that. Fox, I by the color. I am partial to blue. There's a BMW blue that I find extremely appealing. Um, yeah, I heard some noise back there, so forgive me, guys. But I've, um, there's a BMW blue, that Minerva blue. I like that a lot. But 
I may leave it up to you guys to see what color would be good. Should I do a red, a yellow, a blue, a white, a black, a cream? What should I do? But I think a blue is nice. I like to give really homage to my first Honda, which is my blue CRX. But something a little different, which is pretty nice. My pleasure, sir. Thanks for the kind words. Um, composite Bodies is asking what engine. It's a big engine. Just a little bit bigger than what I had before with the D16. That's all I can say. I don't want to give too much away. But those of you who are clever who've seen some of my fabrication work on my stories may know, you know. San Marino Blue, that's a nice color as well. Absolutely. Wow, that's pretty good. Mark 1 Wagon, I'm not familiar. I didn't go with that quick blue. Blue Chrome, oh no. <laughs> I don't like Blue Chrome at all. But thanks for sharing that indeed, Wanderer. I appreciate that, you know. Um, K20, not a K20. I don't even think... I can put out probably seven guesses here, but I don't think people get it. Um, I can say that the... What could I throw? Let me say that the engine code ends with a three. Let's say that. Okay? That's a, I've already given up way too much. Uh, ZC all-wheel drive? Not a ZC all-wheel drive. Electron Blue Pro is a nice color, Jay. That's good suggestion. Good suggestion indeed, you know? Got your hood open? You may remember I was asking how to open the focus. I do remember that. Good. How did you open it? Let me know because I was going to send you to our friends uh, in Carson from Mountain to help you with that. But I, I haven't played with focus, so I wouldn't know how to do that, you know? Um, the blue from original wagon was a bit of a custom one, but I want something that is not as metallic. Maybe something a little softer, which would be really nice. H23, no. <laughs> Good try, though, composite. Okay, what other questions do we have, Hedy? About Pure Yes. Yes. They said, what is the best recommended weight for a Volkswagen Jetta? It depends on what gear. So most Jettas recommend a 10W40. Um, are we on 540s? So a Pura Elite 10W40 is great. And the one thing about Pura's combination is that their formulation is very, very stable. Extremely stable in terms of sheer stability and chemical resilience. And because of that, if an engine calls for a 530 or 1040, I mean, so far, 530 or 1030, you can use their Pura 5W30. If it's 520 or 020, you can still use 0W20 Pura. It's something I use in all my applications. And I see great protection, cooler temperatures, and a little bit of power, which is always, always a great thing as well, you know? Can you also, BC, talk a little bit about a lot of questions that come in about the range? Because some people are like, I wanted to use like a 1060, but that difference or gap in numbers, can okay. you talk about why that's not beneficial to... Okay, sure. So Hedy's asking me, that if I should talk about, she gets this question a lot, why is it important to have an oil that has a narrower range opposed to a wider range. Why would you not want, for example, a 0W60? Why would you not want a 040? Why would a 10W40 be better as an option for a 0W40? And that's actually quite simple. To have an oil perform in an engine, it has to be able to have a very nice pour, meaning much lower viscosity, to allow for easy starting when the temperatures are cold, and then give you the protection of a thicker viscosity when the engine is warm. So, how can you achieve the opposite of what physics and nature does for us? Because when you get a viscous fluid, in normal nature, if it's thick, let's say syrup, when you heat it up, the molecules expand further, things tend to get farther away from each other, and it gets less viscous. Ice is even a solid, and you heat it up, and it changes its phase into liquid. That is the same thing that happens with viscous fluids, and it's what happens in nature. Now, with oil, you have to do something very creative to make that happen in the opposite manner, where when you heat it up, it becomes thicker. It's a compound known in the industry as a viscosity modifier. So, viscosity modifiers allow you the opportunity to heat up and make something thicker 
as the heat increases. Now, what is the bad thing about that? Viscosity modifiers break down easily. Hello everyone, I see you guys waving. I appreciate the kind words for that. Thank you so much. They break down very easily. So when you see oils coking, especially the standard conventional oils, it's because they have a lot of viscosity modifiers that break down with heat and it causes a lot of coking and plugging and so on and so forth. So whenever there's a chance, you should really choose oils that have a narrow range because it doesn't have that many viscosity modifiers that can break down very easily. So I hope that answers any of the questions you guys may have. Just a little tidbit. And Hedy, thank you so much for asking that question. It's a very good one indeed, you know. Oh, hello, Subwama. Good seeing you. Hello, Admad. Thank you so much for joining me this afternoon. Hello, Jeremy. Um, Robledo is asking, when is my website coming back on? The website is on. What's happening is I am pulling away from retail sales. I have a lot of projects coming on. We have a lot of builds in-house as well. I'm trying to give the opportunity to be able to focus on some of those great things if there are products you need, you can write to me directly by email, and if I have some more in stock, I'll be more than happy to help you with it. But the BC Motor Web Store, with exception of a few products there, will be going away. So um, it's not down, it's just that we've condensed really the products that we sell in the house so we can focus more on the in-house projects, especially with the OEMs. So I hope that helps. Um, F22A is what Jay said. I don't remember what your question is. Hello, Boosted Chris from Germany. Thank you for joining us this afternoon. Appreciate that indeed. Um, let's see here. Is the stereo I'm sending you going into the wagon or another build, BC? Adding good is kind enough. Thank you so much. I love pre-correct stuff. So adding good, the radio you're sending me is going into the version 2 wagon van in all its glory. And thank you so much for helping me with that project. I really appreciate that. And it's an honor to have your product in my vehicle. So thank you so much. Um, on the exact opposite end, Greg Tread says, of the brutal speed spectrum, if you had to run an enduro at Irwindale, NA, front-wheel drive, 98, 2004, no mods, max displacement, 2.5, what's your choice? I'm looking at chassis now. So you're talking about a chassis for enduro, not an engine, for opposite end of brutal speed spectrum. NA only front-wheel drive, no mods. Hmm. It depends on if you're able to combine a chassis with an engine of choice. So high speed stuff tunability lightweight and the ability to put a heavy or a more powerful larger 2.5 engine in it with aerodynamics to your advantage i would do the mid-2000s honda insight is what i would choose that chassis is lightweight very aerodynamic full aluminum honda lost money every time they sold those cars that's a very very good platform if you had to stay with the chassis and the engine, it needs to stay in that body. Wow, that's a good one. 2.5 displacement has to stay NA. Wow, you may have to go with a 9th gen Civic. 9th gen Civic may be the way to go. Um, maybe even an 8th gen, maybe a little bit lighter. Maybe an 8th gen Civic. But if you had the opportunity to swap engines and, and chassis, inside, that's what I would do. And that's why I did my drag car, and it helped me tremendously. Thank you, Nikki. Thank you so much for the kind words. Ahmad, I appreciate the kind words as well. My pleasure, Akmal. I'm here to help. I'm here to help as much as I can. Any K20 products on the market? What I have K20 in my arsenal right now are intake heat shielding gaskets and valve train. We also have the capability of designing pistons for you, so that's what we have. Above and beyond that, I don't have any other components in-house to help you as well. Then I have partners here like Golden Eagle. They have intake manifolds, sleeving services, and... Of course, our friends from Pure Oil can protect your engine very nicely, which is pretty cool. Hello, Turbo2Go. 
Thank you so much, Austin. Oh, my pleasure, Smug. I'm here to help. I am here to provide information really for free because I made mistakes growing up in my builds and I had no one to lean on to or help point me in the right direction. And the forums are full of misinformation. And I'm here to, dare I say, dispel a lot of those myths to help with my experience to help you become better builders, better tuners, better in, um, educated enthusiasts so you can enjoy your products better and make the right choices. I think also to give back. I mean, back in the day, you referred to like smoking unit books yes. and stuff like that, but there's so much misinformation on the web now. It's really hard to find reputable sources. Where do you go? Forums? That's true. People who That's are true. Like, you know, e-thugs or pencil pushers behind a I'm screen sad. I'm sad. and have not proven themselves. Yeah, guys, for those of you who may or may not hear Hedy, what she's saying is that it's, it's very challenging, especially nowadays, where there's so much misinformation on the forums. Back in the day, I had books I could read from David Vazard, a smoking eunuch, and it taught very good concepts. But today, there's so much misinformation with people on the internet. Even when you ask a question, as you mentioned, you have these e-thugs or, or, or keyboard warriors who really don't know much. And sometimes prestige is based upon post count. I'll tell you guys something. If someone has a lot of time to post online, they are not working on cars. They're not figuring things out. You don't learn sitting on a keyboard, putting up posts. You learn by being in the field, experimenting, trying things. So it's my way, Hedy's right, of giving back, which is absolutely fantastic, you know? My pleasure. Thank you so much, I did good. I appreciate the kind words indeed. Thank you so much. Let's see here. Um, Greg Treads, it's all stock. So if you're asking about the same car, if it's all stock, yeah, you may want to do an 8th gen. That would be the way to go. That would be the way to go and do it. Um, Tutu Red is asking when the website is going back up. The website is, is up. It has been up. and will continue to stay up. I'm, not, I'm pulling away from retail sales is what's happening. So if there's certain items you still need, write this email. If I have some in stock, I'll be more than happy to help you. But I need to be able to help you guys more, doing more research and building more builds in-house for some of the big OEMs. Uh, my demands are starting to shift that way and a little bit away from you know, the smaller products on the website. So I hope that helps. But I can still point you in the right direction and lead you towards my partners that can help you. So, you know, if it's something I don't carry anymore, I can point you in the right direction. But you just won't have the capability of buying it directly from our site anymore. My pleasure. My pleasure. You know? Um, I think good has... Okay, serious question. <laughs> when sleeving a block, would I use a block guard no. as well or sleeve it? This is a road car. No block guard. Hedy's already answered the question for me. Yay! No, no. <laughs> it's not stack time. That's a million dollar question. The guys here are coming up from break and Hedy says, I didn't, that's a million dollar question. But nonetheless, I am not, I've, never been a huge I've never been a huge advocate of block guards. Um, only because some of the older block guards, when you press them in, they tend to distort the sleeves up top where you need it to be round as possible at operating temperatures. Now, there's some very unique systems that exist now, but the standard press-in that you just buy and push in? No. When it gets to the point where I need better um, reliability, where I need to be able to make more power reliably, I go for Dr. Iron Sleeves. And what I like about the ones from GoNego here is you see this aperture right here, this gap right here? That allows for liquids to still sit up top where cooling is most critical. This is the hardest part of the sleeve, and you still want some kind of heat exchange to happen there. And you see these holes here? These allow for good stability. Those open sleeves, I've never been a big fan of them. They tend to vibrate and break gaskets. That's the problem I had years ago with my CRX. But when you have something like this, where you have these buttress sleeves that give stability to the sleeve and allow for high RPM, high stability, high vibration stability, you can't go wrong. 
and I've pushed these sleeves north of 250 per cylinder. It's great stuff. I love their stuff indeed. And this is for a Porsche M96 engine, which they're putting together for me very soon. I'm very excited about. So I did good. Just because distortion, I'm not a huge advocate of it. It also doesn't really make the bottom of the sleeve any stronger. And guess what? You also can go bigger bores. I love to be able to deshroud valves whenever I can. And the bulk guard doesn't allow me to do that as well. Hello, Vaporware. Thank you for joining us this afternoon. Oh, we need a tech book, Greg. That's a good idea. Wow. Hey, I wish I had the time people to be able to do that. Books. Yeah, people still read books. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, that's a good idea. I'd love to be able to do that indeed, you know? Um, thank you so much, my MJ. I appreciate the kind words, neighbor. Good seeing you, you know? Um, I don't think that's the case, Dip and Deep. As a matter of fact, right here, they cut, Golden Eagle cuts their own sleeves from blank material. And what I'll do is, oh, I don't know if they'll allow me to show you guys, but I'd love to be able to show you guys how they have literally bar stock, cut the sleeves, bore it, and machined themselves in here. So they don't buy it from somewhere else and try and press them in. Not this company, not at all, you know? Um, that's one of those misunderstandings and misconceptions I talk about, you know? Um, thank you so much, Turbo Wax. I appreciate the kind words. I'm here to help. Thank you, 2110, you know? Um, books about engine building. Let's see, engine building itself. I had a lot of concepts from David Vizard on how to build horsepower volumes one and two, but there's nothing like hands-on experience. So my biggest, I would say, gain above and beyond watching videos and reading books was to have someone who's an experienced engine builder show me the ropes using precision equipment. So I don't use plastic gauge. It's just not extremely accurate. I'm a big advocate of dial board gauges using precision equipment that I tend to calibrate very often in a climate controlled clean room. So that's how I build my engines. Having reliable engines from my facility is not magic. It's really paying attention to detail and doing things right. Hello, Zach. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Um, the biggest BS I've seen on forums, wow, there's so much. Um, I would say the biggest BS is when people attack others for asking questions. If someone comes in, no matter how minuscule the question is, the answer is not to curse them out. The answer is not to, how should I say, um, tell them to go do a search. Help them out. The second BS is where some people say that imitation products are better than original. That doesn't make any sense at all. You can't knock off something and make it better. It's so stupid. But anyway, number one BS is from that is what people say to people who really genuinely have questions and they and attack them. And then a lot of times these people come in and they have not proven themselves. They probably don't even own cars. And they make these false accusations and claims about those who've proven themselves. That's like one of the hugest misnomers and the most annoying thing ever on forums. <laughs> so what Eddie's saying is, maybe because of the experience I have, not only myself, but you have people like 21 in the Honda world and Chris Rado. A lot of us are very experienced when it comes to designing components and building fast cars. And people who have no experience at all, who don't, some of them don't even have cars, attack us and say, no, that's not true, it's not possible, you know what you're talking about, with some success. Why? Because some of them have high post counts. Once again, high post counts doesn't mean that you know what you're talking about. It means you have too much time to be on a computer instead of working on cars and figuring things out. That's just my cup of tea, you know? How do you put and polish your head in doing my white head? Well, that is a very interesting question. Jackpot! I said jackpot. question again. <laughs> So you might want to win something. Anyway, um, if you have to ask that question, 
wow, it's better that you have an experienced person do it for you. Just because take it to it the is, yeah, take it to a headquarter. Eddie says, take the headquarter. My answer is this. Headporting is both a science and a black art. So you have to be able, I say science because you have to increase flow to make more power. I say black art because you don't just blatantly increase flow because if you put too much flow in, you know what happens? You lose velocity. There's a fine line between that. Plus, your head has to flow appropriately for the type of activity you're doing. A road race head is not the same as a full-blown drag head. A head optimized for turbocharging isn't necessarily the ideal head for mountain climbing for Pikes Peak. So it depends. It also takes years of practice and experience to be able to do it by hand properly. And even those who do it by hand properly many times nowadays for consistency rely on CNC machining. So the way to put and polish, if you really want to learn, is to become an apprentice at a facility that has done it very well. Place our port flow, our friends by East, um, 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 I'm trying to remember the name of the gentleman who bought wheels from us years ago. Um, our Springworks wheels. We used to sell him tons of wheels. And he has a place in Chicago, Illinois, does a lot of head work. But to get experience from someone there. And if you don't have that experience, please send it to a reputable shop. There are many around here in Southern California. There are many around the country. There are many around the world who can help you, you know, to help you. Um, no, I was going to say um, four piston. Four, four piston. Blue for four piston can help you as well, you know? Good guy. Um, how do I go about choosing the engine and chassis that I want to modify? So, Sikela, that's a whole topic to itself. I can spend an hour doing that, but... I typically go with projects that I have interest in. So I know starting from the engine that the head is the really the basis for making reliable power. So any ports that are very small, I tend to walk away from that flow poorly, that look not as ideal because they has rapid turns. I love the ports that you may see on a newer K series. I love what you see on the F22A, on the Porsche M96, M97. I love starting with the head port. And when I see a port that is very attractive, a high roof, straight shot into the combustion chamber because, because of its, its propensity to the back of the valve, when I see a nice cross-sectional area, that's where I start. When it comes to chassis, I kind of take it two ways. You see me do something crazy like a mid-engine center seat because of balance, something that's very driver-centric. You also see me do something that is very near and dear to my heart, like something I love, like what I'm trying to do with a Mercedes next year. A four-door Mercedes 190 isn't the most aerodynamic car. It's almost like a barn door. But I grew up loving seeing those cars race, the 190s, the Volvo 850s, seeing cars racing, going fast, that looks like something you can buy from a dealership, something that our parents would drive. I love seeing those on the track. So even though they weren't the most aerodynamic or the lightest weight cars, it's just that love, that passion that allows me to build it. So it's a combination of technology, and passion so I hope that helps you know um, Zach is asking what happened to the your minivan it's at my shop so if you look back to some of the tech Tuesdays I've had at the shop I've had the van in the background it's still in the shop in Ontario but today I'm at Golden Eagle here in San Dimas California and they help us tremendously with allowing us to go fast reliably sleeping blocks they have wow a gamut if you go on the website GoldenEagleMFG.com You'll see everything from intake manifolds, to fuel rails, to cam gears, to sleeving services, you name it. And we even share partners with Purell. I mean, these are great guys. I love these guys. They have allowed me to be more successful very reliably as well, you know? Um, Big Timber says he has a 2011 Honda Fit Sport. What mod should I get for can cruising and daily driven characteristics? Wow. 
I wish you asked me this question earlier because we had a pulse chamber that bolts right up to your system, but it's a limited run and I have it out of stock. I may have, I may have one. I don't know. I don't think I have any more stock, but an exhaust will be a good fit for you. A flash, our friends from K-Tuner can help you with a flash, and an intake from AEM. With those three things, your car wake up very nicely, have a nice tone to it, and make it a lot more enjoyable. But since you're doing canyon cruising, suspension is key. Reach out to our partners out there in, I would say, Orange County, Progress Group. They have some stuff for the fit. It can make your car handle like it's on rails, and it can totally transform your vehicle by all means. So I hope that helps, you know? Okay. Salud to you, Kyle. Thank you so much, Kevin, for the kind words. By all means, appreciate that. JDMJ says, what's my recommendation on flywheels for B-Series? Aluminum or steel? Does lightning flow add to liability on NA or turbo? Great question. Fantastic question, Jay. I really appreciate you asking that question indeed. So, aluminum flywheels allow for amazing lightweight capability, but with a slight expense. Steel or chromoly flywheels can also be light, not as light as aluminum, but tend not to break the budget as much. A lightened flywheel helps no matter what, whether it's NA or boosted, with acceleration. And of course, when you're having fun or when you're racing, the name of the game is to get from point A to point B as quickly as possible. So that being said, are there any setbacks to aluminum flywheels, to lightweight chromoly flywheels? Based on my experience, no. Those rumors I see online about losing torque Think about it physically, it's not possible. You don't put aluminum flywheel and the torque created by your engine goes away, which is a, as a result of the chemical energy converted to heat energy, converted to mechanical energy. That mechanical energy is not thrown away when you put a light flywheel. As a matter of fact, it takes energy to turn a heavier flywheel to be able to propel a car. Now, why do flywheels exist? Let's take a step back to how the auto cycle, how the internal combustion piston engine works. You have the chemical energy of air, which contains about 20% of oxygen, which is really the main combustion element there. You have the fuel, gasoline, E10, ethanol, E85, methanol, whatever your fuel of choice is, kerosene, whatever you're using. And you have the caloric content of that fuel. You, through the agent of combustion, you turn this chemical energy into a reactive heat energy. So you want chemical to heat energy. That heat energy with expansion and heat now does work on the piston, pushing it down, and that up and down motion of the piston, which is now mechanical energy, is transformed to rotational movement by the crankshaft. Now as you can imagine, let's use something as simple as a four-cylinder engine. Up, down, up, down, up, down, that's jolting. That's not a very smooth movement. The crankshaft also sees that jolting up and down. And you know how it manifests itself in a not so smooth assembly. A heavy flywheel is a damper. It's a damper that absorbs those jolts and makes it much smoother to drive, especially for passenger cars. But it makes acceleration a bit of a bore because it takes energy to spin that very quickly and it's harder to do it. So in performance applications, one of the things that we do is lighten our flywheel. We take off the heavy flywheel, we put a lighter one, and what the result is, yeah, you may have a rougher idle because now you don't have the dampening effect of a heavier flywheel. In addition to that, if you use AC, your AC may be a little bit rougher. 
if you have a newer car with OBD2 that uses the smoothness of a flywheel to determine misfire, because when you misfire, the flywheel tends to jolt, so it may think of a light-up flywheel as a misfire situation, maybe that may be a choice, or you may have a flash program that can disable that in the ECU. But by far, any applications, you accelerate quickly. Boost applications, you spool up quickly. It just makes a faster car. As also, it makes it a faster car. It also can decelerate fast quickly as well. So it moves at quickly RPMs. When you let off, it can fall very quickly too because you don't have the momentum to keep it spinning. So I like my flywheels. If you look at the flywheel on my inside, not only is aluminum, it has windows in the back to lighten it more. I have a six and a half pound flywheel in my race car and I love it. And all my Porsches, I put lighting flywheels. I do it whenever I can. So I hope that helps. I know it's great. It doesn't affect reliability. It doesn't take away from it. It allows for acceleration, and it's a wonderful thing. Just a little rougher idle, especially doing with AC on, so I hope that helps. It doesn't affect emissions too, which is pretty nice. Thank you so much, Jeremiah, for the kind words. Appreciate that, you know? How much for a build sleeve B16 block? I should ask Bob that. Is Bob around? So, um, Akmal, hang tight. I'm going to grab Bob. He's the general manager here. And I'll ask him what he charges to sleeve a block, a B18C, which is a GSR. Um, and for cams and internals, um, I love my guys from Webcam. They can help you tremendously with the camshafts. For internals, definitely we have access to rods. You can use Eagle rods as well. And definitely steel, since you're going to be road racing. And above and beyond that, for pistons, Trom. But... Bob, come join us. So guys, this is Bob. He's a good friend of mine. Come on in. There you go. Don't be shy. So Bob, Akmal here is asking, how much for a built sleeve block, B18C? About a built one, you're running about four grand. $4,000. See, that's not bad for liability. And what does he get for that $4,000? What did he get? You get the sleeves. You sleeve get block. the build, blueprint, balancing, Very nice. uh, new internals. So if you want to go with some high-grade Corolla rods, it might run you into the four and a half, five thousand 5000 range. But... Uh, you get a fully built block that's balanced and ready to go. Very nice. So, $4,000, guess what? All you do is they submit their own core, correct? Yeah. Submit your own core, and what you get back is a beautiful package, nice box, sealed properly, ready to plug and play. Of course, you have to put your own accessories on. They won't do that for you, and they won't install it for you here. They shouldn't. They're a machine shop. Yeah. They focus on what they're experts in. So, four grand is a wonderful price to pay for peace of mind and reliability. So thank you so much, Akmal, for that question, yo. KDM, ran off somewhere. I think she went to Lou. I have no idea where the KDM is. Oh, there she is. She's walking over there. <laughs> She's a, Amahia is asking where your KDM at. Amahia IR. So there's the KDM right there. There she is. So you guys, where your KDM at? <laughs> okay, there you go. Iken Nakedu, keki mene. Thank you so much. Oh, have a seat, Bob. We're not done with oh you yet. We're not done. We're not done with him yet. I yeah. made room for yeah. No problem. Yeah. Hello. Is port velocity less important than volume in a boost application? Yes. Port velocity is not as important because you have artificial means of force-inducing air. Bear in mind that port velocity is extremely important at atmospheric pressure. We're at 14.7 PSI as we speak. That's why Bob's lungs are filled with air right now and mine are yeah. too. He feels the pressure on his arms. A lot I more do too. Air here. A lot more. <laughs> it's because we have atmospheric pressure, and since we don't have artificial ways of doing that at sea level, we have to rely on the velocity to get the filling of the cylinder. So, but when you're force-inducing, it's not as important. But you know what happens? 
more cross-section area, the more air you can get in combustion chamber where it can be combined with a appropriate amount of fuel, get combusted, create more heat, do more work, and make more power, which is always fantastic. Where is the Wago Band build? Kappa, you are late. I talked about the Wago Band, Wago Band build. And look at Bob Dippoli. Same Bob right here. This is the intake. Center feed for better distribution to all four ports. I can't tell you yet what the engine is. It's a surprise. He knows because he's designed this intake manifold for me. But as you can see, center entrance. Bob was kind enough to give, thank you so much, Bob. He was kind enough to give me a port for my vacuum system and multiple individual ports for my fuel pressure regulator, my blow-off valve, my wastegate actuation because I love doing boost control very nicely. First on my gauges as well, and in case I get very greedy with needing more ports, he gives me more than enough than I, what I need. So, thank you, Bob, for this. He said I can come back this afternoon and pick it up, which is very nice of him. All right, all right. All get right. it ready. He'll get it ready. Okay, so right now the wagon is getting caged as we speak. The cage should be done in about an hour and a half. And then after that, um, I'll be able to finish the cold side of the intake manifold when Bob provides me the finished product of the intake. The hot side of the turbo system is already done. Exhaust manifold is already done. Um, I should get my wastegate in from Precision sometime tomorrow. And then we can finish the exhaust piping. And then by next week, Tuesday or Wednesday, go to paint. That's where we are. So you made me say it again, but that's where we are. Okay. For a street B-Series GSR or B16 head, would you even port it if you're going to boost it? What do you think, Bob? Should they port ahead if they're going to turbocharge it? Definitely. The motor needs to breathe. Motor, motor needs to breathe. Numbers. I agree with him. It's and very nice to have because the key is to remove any restrictions. So it helps a lot. You should do it. If you plan on doing very low horsepower applications, you don't have to. But you can make more power with less boost if the, whole, if the head flows better. You know? Do I still build parts for the D-Series? Well, I may have a few more left, so if you need something, let me know. But if you remember my Wago van, I had a Golden Eagle intake manifold, and my fuel rail was from there as well. So if you need anything induction-wise, sleeving, they sleeve the block board as well, they can do it. Camshaft, I may have a few level Xs, level 3.6s, or level 2.4s left over. But like I said, our focus now is to build project cars for the major OEMs and to help our partners grow as well. So I'm pulling a little bit away from the retail sector. So I hope that's not a big inconvenience, but I can still point in the right direction and my guys like Bob over here can help you source parts without qualm. Dr. SNL asked, can you powder coat an intercooler? Sure, you can powder coat it, but you will reduce the efficiency of it. So as you think, as you think about it, whether it's air to air or liquid to air intercoolers, the fins, that weird wavy thing you see in between the bar and plates on the intercooler, on the intercooler those are surface area devices, little fingers that allow for heat exchange between what goes on inside the intercooler and the atmosphere. So, that being said, whenever you powder coat, you remove the capability of those fins to exchange heat with the atmosphere. What I recommend if you want to change the color of your intercooler, maybe to hide it from the cops <laughs> or to look like a car that's more of a sleeper, anodize it. Go to a local anodizing place. The anodizing can change the color without affecting the heat exchange. There are also some very unique powder coats that are based a little bit in a heat exchange powder that can not take away too much from it, but that's something you typically see in aerospace. I would highly encourage you to anodize or post a powder coating. It will reduce efficiency 
of your inner cooler. And I've seen that based upon experience, you know? Okay. Oh, I'm down the street. Let's do lunch. Ooh, Kappa, I have to run to the shop. I'm so behind. After this, I have to go pull cars out of the trailer, put another car in, and drop one off and pick up another one. I'm kind of crazy, so I'm sorry. Maybe next time I'll take a rain check. I cannot, I cannot leave and have a good lunch with you. So sorry. Um, what's your favorite Honda block to play with, and what's the easiest build good power cheaply on? Okay, my favorite Honda block to play with, I love the F22A. It's just an engine that I love, one that we designed components from scratch and made a lot of power with an engine that was typically unloved. So there's a lot of pride there in BMW Create product. Now, which one do I think is the easiest to build good power on? The K-Series. The head flow is great. There's tons of aftermarket support. Um, even here, there are tons of aftermarket support for the K-Series. It's a very good platform. Head flows impeccably well from the factory and still can be improved upon, which is great, you know? And let's see here. Uh, is How do I feel about our friends from Darton? They're nice guys, but my choice is Golden Eagle. The local, Bob is crazy enough to want to experiment with me, which is great. Um, his turnaround time is just like that. I'm very fortunate. As I mentioned, how can I be upset with them? They're good people. I ran, they're good people. I ran my first nines with their support. And Hedy just mentioned, the people make a business, they're right. You can reach Bob anytime here. His team is always here, willing to help. Sherry's and, here. You no, know, Sherry's here. It's just great. Great, great people. And they care. They invited me here to come here and talk to you guys. And they've been so nice. They gave me a nice bottle of water. So nice. <laughs> I'm not even supposed to show the brand, but you know, thank you so much. But it's good. It's good. So King, that's a good question. Thank you so much. You know? Gallo 12 or Gallo 24? I don't know what that means. Gallo 12. Guy. Gallo 12 or Gallo 24. Can you, you elaborate? Know? I don't know. Please do share what you mean by that, uh, Lenin. He doesn't build cheap power, bro. Dip and deep, you're right. I don't build cheap stuff because cheap is not good. You know what they say in the industry? Three things. Reliable, fast, fast or cheap. cheap. Choose <laughs> two. <laughs> so if I choose reliable and, and really fast, I have to invest in my project properly. If I do fast and cheap, it's going to blow up. If I do cheap <laughs> and fast, <laughs> oh, I just said that. I just said that. It's not reliable. Right? Yeah. I just said that. But if I did cheap and reliable, I'm not going anywhere. So it's just the nature of the thing. You cannot eat your cake and have it too. I'm a huge advocate of saving up. Bob just mentioned if you want to block four grand, I'd rather save my pennies, give him four thousand dollar US, and get a block that I can enjoy for years, than try and Mickey Mouse a stock block, or knock in a some kind of guide in it around the sleeve, and then. Try and get some cheap Vitara pistols. Don't get me started on Vitaras. You know me. I'll start going crazy. Oh, yeah. You blow up and you take a, you build it so many times and you end up spending 10 grand before you know it. We could have done it right the first time, you know? So dip and deep, you're right. I don't do cheap power. I do reliable power and if I don't have the money, I save up and do it right. <laughs> Dark Ray is laughing, you know? Thank you so much, 22. I appreciate the kind words. Can you talk Thank about you so much. Um, hey guys, let me know. I'll ask about <laughs> this is my new design about Drag Race, my throwback to uh, BC Moto and turbos and tuning and so on and so forth. I'll put us on, let me know what you think. I'll put up a photo when we leave here from this beautiful table. And let me know what your thoughts are. Because if, if you guys like it, I'll put it up as a limited edition. Um, this is just a sample that my good friend Mike, the gentleman racer made for me, which is such a, such a nice thing. I came back and said I should do seminars. What do you think? Should I do seminars? I said, why not? Bob is supporting me. I don't like when he says that, because I have to do it. But you know what though, can I chime in real quick? Uh oh, Eddie has to chime in now. You know what, though? Uh, like, uh, you know there's a camera here, too. You have okay. to come in, Hedy. Oh, 
Because it, oh my. Okay, I'm coming in. Okay, she's coming in. You know what though, like I think one of the most important factors that people miss out with this whole thing is the fact that the experiences that you've experienced, that you don't share. And that's so valuable for people who are not only passionate about cars, but as they're struggling or going through things in life and as they're building themselves to where they need to go, like the tenacity, the, the work ethic, the hours you put in afterwards, it's not all about just fast Porsches and cool cars. It's really that work ethic and that passion that you put in after hours that people don't see. So I think that's like really, really, really huge. As in, you should probably, I don't know if your fans will like it or not, but I think you should really like chime in on that stuff. Because people are human and they all go through things and it's like, they see the good part about, you know, like the life. And then we have these cars and we have like TV shows. But at the end of the day, there's a lot of hard work that was put into it. So I think like you should also give spurts of wisdom and advice to carry people through the week as you do Tech Tuesdays. Just my two cents. Bye. <laughs> well, everyone's giving you a thumbs up. They're saying, preach it, girl. Preach it, Hetty. Um, a guy just said, build his Miata for him. So um, I'm getting a lot of, well, guys, uh, Hetty's right. I don't share these things because I don't know if they're interesting. But because, you can you know, like, help people that are probably, like, they look up to you. I don't want to scare people, too, because I'm a bit of a workaholic, like this one here. But it's, it's I, I'd be more than happy to, I mean, it, you know, guys, tell you what. Say, knowledge is power. I will put up a post. Let me know if it's something you like, and I'll combine the two. Hedy, that's a great suggestion. Yeah, But I want to do it to help you guys. I, mean, I do the car stuff because I know that many of you have asked me for it. But if you are interested in, in my day-to-day -day and what got me to where I am and the blood, sweat, and tears that I go through daily to make things happen, I'll be more than happy to share that. I'll be more than happy to share. I don't want to scare you because it's a lot of work. Oh, Dad said TED Talk. <laughs> <laughs> That's Daryl from the UK. Wow, right you there. changed yeah. your screen name? Yeah, to he's, Pro, he's Pro Phoenix. Wow. Yeah. So, um, so thank you so much. Hey, that's a great suggestion. Yeah, but that's life. You Bob, know what, what I mean? What do you like, think about that, Bob? That's, that's the woman's like touch. Uh, people have time to, to listen to other people. It'd be great. You have a lot to share. I do have too much to share. Actually. Yeah, too much to share. His yeah. life struggles are the same. Do a TED talk. Yeah. His life struggles are seriously very, very, very interesting. That's you awesome. can't think. That's why we, when you talk about like reliable power and working through it and stuff like that, like that's all of the combination of things that people endure that builds their character. And so that's why he gives you advice when it comes to cars and stuff like that, which I think people really, really, really should hear because that's what keeps you going that's the motivation you need in life especially nowadays that it's filled with so much fluff and bs but this is somebody who's proven himself so if it can help you in your daily life why not right Don't yeah you thank you so much i'm getting all these comments of you know oh, oh um kevin said oh heather to you by the way whatever chris <laughs> um people saying they'll love to hear it um to write a book i appreciate the kind words guy i appreciate the support i just didn't know i just thought Technology is all that matters and it's all you guys want to hear, but I'll be more than happy to share. Um, a lot goes on above and beyond building cars. And even here, I mean, you should see how I open doors when I come here. It's like some minor stuff. It's like my vacation every time I come here. It's pretty nice, you know? And it's more about um, life, you know? It's not just about all of that stuff. Um, thank you so much, guys. Um, Aiden Fab says, any tips for a fabricator that builds his free time but wants to someday go full-time with a small business? I built a performance car for Volvos. Thank what you do. So I do have advice. For you because the Volvo is a very niche market very nice one but you should expand a little bit into other marquees and not limit yourself to one particular brand and that can help tremendously above and beyond that 
and our time is getting very close. It's telling me that almost time to hang up. But anyway, um, above and beyond that, keep hustling, put in the hours, create an opportunity to increase your base, your customer base. Partner with popular people and allow them the opportunity to promote you. It doesn't matter if you have to give away a road case for free or a Toba kit for free. Do it so your name can get out there because in today's world, word of mouth, interpersonal interaction is everything. And if you're not very focused on social networking, you need to do it. You need to focus on the Instagrams, on the Snapchats, on the Facebook. That is the way of, of talking. This is what we have here. This phone that says race pack on it. This is the communication medium of today. This is the newspaper of today. This is the television of today. People don't watch commercials anymore. They pay attention to this device. And that's where you need to focus your time as you continue to partner with great people. That's the way to do it. Keep in touch and I'll be more than happy to hear about your journal, journey as time progresses. So guys, thank you so much. I know we have so much going on here. I need to sign off, but I'm gonna see if Bob will let me give a sneak peek of some very secret areas here. But I need his permission to do it. So hang tight, I'll come back on. Thank you so much for your audience, Bob. Thank you for being such a great host and for allowing me the opportunity to become more and more successful with my projects. Thank you. thank you so much. Sherry, thank you so much. I love you, thank you so much. And Heidi, for your input as well. People, people were very excited about your interaction, you know? Yeah, sneak peek, they want it, they want it. Okay, I'll see what I can do. I'll bend his arm, or we'll arm wrestle for it, something. Okay, thank you so much. <laughs> Take care, guys. Say bye, Bob. They're saying bye, Bob. Take care, we'll see you later. <laughs> Take care, guys. Have a good one. Cheers. They're saying bye, Hedy. <laughs> oh, bye. We're at 508. Not bad.